All aboard the gravy train! Are you riding your financial planner or broker's gravy train? Your financial prospectus outlines how brokers are allowed to charge you hidden fees. Next stop, hidden fees! Want to take back control of your retirement income? Just get off at the next stop. And tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Good morning, I'm Arab Halaby. This is the total financial hour. Let me give you the information that you're waiting for. That is our phone number, 888-99-RETIRE. Sometimes I don't give it out, so I want to be... Be, be clear, be focused, be there for you, and give it out one more time. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Also, uh, guys, our email address, you can reach out to me on the email. Uh, the second hour of our show, we always read your emails, uh, try to answer the questions. Uh, put as much information as you can. I trim down the emails, and I do that on purpose so that you know we're not here all day and uh, trying to, to learn about a lot of things that may not make a difference in, in what direction we're going, but they do help me from a solution standpoint on the back end. So certainly I like all that information. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll trim it out. Email for me is going to be Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif at T, stands for total, F as in financial, and S as in solutions. So TFS Wealth. Dot com. All right, let's get right to it. You heard me talk uh, in the past about some of the challenges California is going to be facing going forward. Uh, and, it, of course, we're not getting any better. Every time we turn around, uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, I don't know. Listen, I've heard stories. He's not the one pulling the, the strings, if you will. I've heard stories about people like himself uh, just really being, I don't know, used by the other side to the, the pawn or the person who is... Uh, implementing the choices of, of the multi-level corporate. I don't know. I really don't know. But I can tell you this. Uh, most of the layers, see, they understand it's not just the politician at the front. A great example of this is what they did to President Trump, right? By putting in the second and third layer of people, uh, economically, militarily, different organizations across the country. And they did so and the Defense Department purposely lied, generals lied to President Trump about troop strength in Syria, about what was happening. The Pentagon was dishonest, and what they did in giving uh, the president information was just shocking. Uh, I just think you need to understand that this is a pretty important thing to watch out for. We have never had it where, well, maybe under the Nixon administration, because I think they lied to him about the, the casualties in Vietnam. That was 
part of what they were trying to do, Robert McNamara and some of the others, to hide some of the casualties, hide some of the problems that were happening, kind of give them more of a rosy picture, maybe President Johnson as well. But to see it at the level, the depth, when President Obama left office and the people he put in place were basically beholden to a shadow government. I mean, gosh, it sounds so conspiratorial. I feel like I need a hat, maybe a black jacket, some glasses, and I got to walk down the back alley. It, it sounds very weird. And I know some of you guys believe it and some of you don't. I, I, I don't know. I'm probably 80% of the way thinking this is something that happened. Uh, and it's probably something you're never going to know 100% one way or the other. It's how the agencies work. But the agencies don't want the limelight, right? The, the three-letter agencies. What do we have? 17, 18, 20 of them. NSA, uh, uh, CIA, and DEA, and all, on and on. They don't want to be in the front of the pictures uh, in the newspaper or, or on TV. They want to be behind the scenes. They want to be pulling the trigger, if you will, pulling the strings, making a difference, uh, letting the politician who's going to be there for 15 minutes and then the next one comes in, letting them either take the blame or the credit, depending on who they're aligned with. I just think some serious things are happening, and I think you have to be prepared because the likes of somebody like Gavin Newsom elevating himself to the national conversation coming up because we all know Biden's not running. He knows he's not running. He just can't be a lame duck internationally or certainly nationally. He's already a weak person. Supreme Court uh, was a really big uh, accomplishment, right? Three justices by President Trump. Listen, you can think all sorts of things. I have some uh, very devout Christian friends. I would, you know, put myself in, into that category, but maybe not as, as uh, I don't know, detail-oriented. I'm pretty pragmatic about it. I understand that, that my faith is how I live. Uh, I don't expect the federal government to operate under my faith. I think it, it's a government for everybody. Uh, but I have friends that say, Arif, I didn't like President Trump. I don't like anything about him. I didn't appreciate the way he you know, talked about this or said that. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's right. I didn't either. And one time I got in an argument with my wife too. Uh, and once I was mad at my parents. So explain to me how all of that has to do with, and we need a president that runs the country and puts in the right Supreme Court justices and make sure that we're a nation that can last another hundred years. Right? And not because you're mad. Because the way he, oh, he's arrogant. Look, if you think you can be mayor of a city, let alone president of the largest, most powerful country in the history of mankind, I would guess you're probably a pretty arrogant person. Self-absorbed. Uh, did I say you think you could be president or governor or mayor or CEO of a company? Oh, yeah, but not the guy. He's the president of, of the hospital. Have a private conversation with him. There's subtly uh, a, a passive aggressiveness. Every leader has some or all of those traits. You have to. How dare you think you can lead 350 million Americans? How dare you think you could lead 20 million in a state or 10 million in a city or 2 million in a city? Really, really like you matter that much? So you have to have a bit of a self-absorbed personality. So why do I keep bringing this back to you? Because I think if Gavin Newsom elevates himself to the national stage, he's going to take the, the financial and economic 
uh, train wreck that he created here in California, and he's going to bring it to the national stage. Everything from banning the trucks. I spoke to a longshoreman recently. He knows he listens to this show, so you know that I'm, I'm talking about you. I spoke to him uh, this last week, and here's what he said. I, I asked, the problems that you guys had at the longshore, uh, longshoreman issues, these, these um, boats, ships, the containers off into the bay just sitting there, 10, 20, 50 of them. I said, is it like that again? Is it still that way? He goes, well, I haven't seen it exactly lately, but here's what's happening. I said, what was the big issue? Because remember, the state of California banned trucks that didn't have a certain new adaptation for environmental reasons, so those trucks can't operate in California. So anybody who had those trucks had to sell them to operators or to scrap or to move themselves outside of California. What then took place is we need to get those rail cars off the ships, those containers, and get them over to the other states or get them to the rail yards or or get them to the next location and you need the trucks. So because there were fewer trucks in surprise, I don't know if you heard of something, it's called a pandemic and some of the supply chain issues. So the the remodeling of these uh, vehicles wasn't being done. So now what you ended up with is this behind the scenes process of this backup because one of the, the links in the chain wasn't present. So I said, but what about the rail cars? He said, well, here's what happened. You know, the rail cars, the, the, the rail companies, they said, sorry, we don't have enough cars available. So you have to use the trucks. Okay, let's back up. Who owns BNSF, Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad? Who owns that in the state, in the country? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett and his team own Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. Who owns the Canadian rail system? Guy by the name of Bill Gates. So those two men purchased it in the last few years, and they've done so when they were given reassurances that we did not have to worry about a pipeline shipping oil back and forth. So the cars that are on the rail are now shipping oil and other natural gas, other, other petroleum products that would have either gone through pipeline or other more efficient sources. But now they have taken a space on the train for goods and services that are going to be shipping across the country coming in through the port of Long Beach, port of Los Angeles. So what does Gavin Newsom being elevated to the, to the national conversation, the national stage? Because he knew this. And he purposely continued and created, instead of thinking, hey, listen, I've got myself into a bit of a pickle here, right? I love my philosophy, uh, my environmental ideas, and on and on. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wave it for just a little bit. Why? Because I think we need to work on getting this country back on track. Because for the betterment of the human being. But he didn't, did he? They took the rail cars that that were supposed to be used to take goods and services and, and baby formula and chips for your automobiles and on and on all across the country. And instead, that same train was loaded with all sorts of petroleum products, oil and others. And surprise, there's not enough room. So I think you guys have to kind of create and think about 
if the Gavin Newsom concept idea, his team of people go to the federal level, what else will they do? And probably, oh, maybe something called water. Right. I mean, you understand their water ideas, their ideas of, of taking the water process across the United States from some states and others and creating an opportunity to have zero um, what's the uh, flexibility? Right? There's not even a conversation with the amount of drought that we have running across this country. Most of it is man-made, not all of it, most of it. And understanding how water works, you realize the exact amount of water that's on earth today is the same as when, when God said, let there be light and 10 minutes later, let there be water. Right? When, when God waved his hand or blinked his eyes, however he did it, we ended up with water. Today, it's the same amount because it's either a liquid, solid, or a gas. So this conversation of, oh, there's a drought, there's not enough water, is a lie. Because you and I both know that water is either in a liquid, solid, or a gas. But the same thing, if they have you start thinking about eighth grade science, then you would question Fauci, you would question masks, you would question using an antibacterial a wipe, right? That thing that you squish, squish. Oh, let me rub my hands together. It's antibacteria, not a virus. Uh-huh, uh-huh, same thing. No, no, no. The liquid stuff that says antibacteria, guess what it kills? Bacteria. Virus is completely different. There might be an overlap, but what do most people use? They use a, yeah, antibacterial. You, you understand the symbolism over substance? So we have to create these problems. The same people that looked at water and said, we're going to take, and I got the, these are fresh numbers, guys. Ready for this? The Sacramento River Delta, 224,000 gallons per second. 224,000 gallons per second. That's the Sacramento River that could water uh, the, the Central Valley. It could fill up reservoirs all the way down to San Jose, even further south. We could build a six or an eight or a 10 foot in diameter pipeline instead of this railway to nowhere that's only going to help Pelosi and Feinstein and their friends. No joke. You guys know. Diane Feinstein's husband was one of the first checks for that high speed rail. Did you know that? $100 million because he has a serving and an architecture firm. They were already worth nearly half a billion dollars at the time. Instead of saying, you know, listen, we might be the right, right one for the job. We might be the, the right idea, but I, I get it here. It's just going to look bad, right? I, I just don't want to, I just don't want to look bad or, or kind of have the, the funny feelings or, so here's what we're going to, we're going to pass on bidding on this job, right? I, in fact, I'm going to consult, I'm going to do it for free, but we're going to let another company take this, but that's not what he did. Diane Feinstein's husband came in and took the, so these are the same people that as you go through this, this process of, they're going to now be in charge of the federal government because mark my words, he's going to make a move for it because he's a good looking guy and people like him and everybody claps and he survived a phony recall uh, election, right? There's questions about the legitimacy of his recall. So very simply, look at what he's done to the transportation, the goods and services and the ports that he controls. Look at uh, what he's done with water. When you have 200,000 gallons per second, 13 million, I'll do the math for you. I know it's a 
It's a weekend. 13.4 million gallons per minute. <laughs> per minute. And you realize, it, you know, rivers don't have a Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Take your Martin Luther King and, and Memorial Day off. No, no, no. Rivers flow. They don't end at midnight because it's a little loud. They don't shut down, you know, and reopen in the morning. This is a river that's flowing. The average amount of river that's flowing through this is huge. Because you guys don't realize that in this concept of water, it's a zero-sum game. We already have the amount of water that we need. We just let it sit out in the ocean or sit out in rivers. We forget, we don't think, that we just have to move it from there to here. So many of you guys have to come to, the, come to grips with the fact that the amount of water that runs out to sea should be coming right back this direction. So instead of voting for it, you, you want to save a frog or a turtle. Listen, I'm so sorry, but the amount of species on this earth have been changing since the day we were created. Some come, some go. Some are created, some are mutated. And yet sometimes the amount of species on this earth are going to go down. I don't think you guys really understand the impact of this crazy environmental world. Everybody wants to, listen, don't throw your garbage out of the, out the side window. Don't, don't, don't do that, right? But when we have reportedly 8.7 million species on this planet, right? 8.7 million. Okay, that's a lot. Wow, that's a lot. Air of all of them matter. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Mm -mm. But 8. million species. And if you listen to the, 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 the far left, and they tell you how many species disappear each year, when you ask yourself how many disappear and are gone, do you realize you guys can do the math? I mean, do you understand that? You can do the math, lay it down, and figure out if they're telling you the truth. Because reports, it's various, but anywhere between 500 and 1,000 species per year is what they say, disappear. Okay, so do the math. We should have zero species left after a period of time. If you go back since the time they've been created, right? I remember seeing a study in, in college. Harvard did this study. I think it was Harvard. They did this study. And you know how the American Cancer Association and American Pancreatic Cancer and, and Heart Disease and, and uh, Child Diabetes and on and on, all these different organizations that have a nonprofit entity, they have a fundraising job, and they each reported how many people die per year for their various diseases up to and including gun deaths and, and car accidents and drunk driving and on and on and on. And then what they did is they added up all of this group to see how many people die each year as a result of these various calamities. They uh, adjusted for some of the overlap, right? Cause you're going to have somewhere it's a case of a heart attack, but they had diabetes. And so just like in COVID, they counted it twice, right? You guys know that. So that, so they added this all together. They uh, adjusted for the overlap. And the study of studies came out and said right around 300 million Americans would die each year. <laughs> Do you realize that's everybody? That's everybody. 
I remember in college we sat there and the professor said, that is how you manipulate statistics. You see, you make them big in the different corners because nobody's going to add them together. Well, you do the same thing with this climate issue where the world is going to end and so we're losing a species, you know, a thousand species a year, 200 species a year go away. How many do we have? Well, I mean, that, that could be a lot of numbers. Do we have 100? Do we have 500? What if we have 2,000 species and we lose 500 a year? Well, that's a big deal, guys. But if we have 8.7 million species on this planet and the estimates are anywhere between 400 and 1,000, 100, the higher they get, the more important it will seem to you. But the lower they get, the less important it will seem to you. So what is the left's agenda? Is it any different than the people that run these nonprofits? Not all of them are bad. Forget it. Come on now. Pay attention. You're an adult. Not all of them are bad. But when they, when they blow up the numbers, you know, the amount of kids that die from a bike helmet, not wearing a helmet. Okay, well, yeah, some of them. Uh, God, uh, horrible. Drownings. Yes, yes. But when they make the numbers so big and they forget to tell you, well, they forget that you took eighth grade math where you can add and subtract and even think for yourself and understand just a little bit statistics. So what took place? Well, they added it all up and came up with a number and said, that's 300 million Americans. Now, this Mr. Newsom, if he decides to, to go or elevate himself, or really if the Soroses of the world and many others decide to elevate him to the national stage, the baloney that he plays when it comes to the math on water is going to be the same thing. We have plenty of water. Now, Eric, look at the front lawn. It's brown. So, so really, so it's bad. Oh man, it's bad. It's bad. So I went for a walk uh, last night with my dog. No joke. Really did. We went by a park. It was about nine thirty at night. I just want you to know the sidewalk was really clean by the time I was done with my walk. Because the sprinklers that the city is so concerned about making sure, boy, they watered the daylights and down the gutter went all this water. Look at the parkways. Look at the public lands. Look at, oh, Arif, it's horrible. Do you want them to make it go away and, and be brown? No. I want them to play the same rules for them and for us. How about we build a pipeline, guys? You know how much water is sitting in the Midwest? You know how much water is sitting in the Northwest? You know how much water is going out the Willamette River in Oregon? Or in Columbia? I got an idea. Build 15. I, I don't know the number. Let's say 15. Just because I like 15. Let's build 15 new reservoirs in Southern California. Huh. Well, you can really only do it if we have mountains. Oh, wait a second. We actually do. We have mountains. I don't know if you saw those where you, where you can, you know, listen, I'm going to, it's going to take an engineer. Yep. It's going to take one of those soil engineer people and a geologist p person. And, and man, I, I want, I want a guy who took calculus too, to get in there and do the math at to what angle and what materials construction management. Mr. Feinstein, uh, you know, you want your company, whatever it does, to have a legacy that isn't just being corrupt. I got an idea. How about you volunteer your time to, to allocate 15 new reservoirs in Southern California 
maybe Central California, San Jose. I don't know if you guys know, but there's mountains just a few miles uh, east of the ocean that run up all up and down the coast. Can you say Big Sur? Right? Uh, just take a look. And you put these reservoirs at a higher level. Listen, I'm just a guy. I, I can barely spell water. Right? I'm a financial guy. I can I can do the math. And when I talk to these folks, because I sit on one of the citizen water boards down here, care I care about this stuff. That's why I have a little bit of an affinity for it. And when I ask these questions, well, Eric, you know, the environmental lobby, they're just kind of powerful. What does that mean? Because their tie-dye shirts are brand new? Their Birkenstocks, what, are, are brand new? You, you just use math and science, and then you talk about people being more important than animals. Love them all. My dog's the best and, well, better than even some people, but, but that's my personal opinion. The society shouldn't decide that my dog is better than some people. The society should always put my dog behind human beings. So what you do is you solve. All right. Is this the water show? Thank you for listening to the total water show. No, it isn't. It's something very important. It's understanding how this is going to affect your retirement money because they're going to solve this problem. And when they do guess who writes the check, it isn't the poor migrants. It isn't the illegal immigrants. It's you. So you have to get involved before the check gets too big. Stay with me. We'll continue in just a minute. And the Total Financial Hour, I'm Eric Hallaby, your place for news, talk, and information. AM870, The Answer. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Hey, we're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Uh, listen, I want you to, to take your your mind away from the, you know, if they say it on TV, it must be true kind of story. Because we're seeing this with all of the water issues. We're seeing this with all the problems with the environment and on and on. Why is it that the wealthiest of Americans that are the most liberal of Americans that think climate change and water rising and one and a half degree and all of those things are so catastrophic that they're buying houses in Malibu, Miami Beach, in the Hamptons, a few feet above the water level. Why? If they think the islands are going to disappear, why is it that some of these liberals are buying up big swaths of land in Hawaii? Any idea? Huh. Isn't that interesting when you think about this? And then they turn around and they say, uh, here you go, this is a BBC article. BBC, yeah. British Broadcasting Corporation. Wow. Biodiversity loss. This is what they're saying. Ready? 72 species disappear every single day. That's 365 72. That's 26,000 species. So please donate to the Union for Conservation of Nature, UCN. And please donate so that we can have your tax-deductible donation. 
<laughs> some say 200 species. This one says 26,000 species. So if you have 8.7 million, I should do the math for you. Thank, you're welcome. Uh, I'll just say you're welcome now. So you don't have to do math this early in the morning. Let's go backwards, divided by. In 331 years, we should be completely out of every single human species, animal species, anything. Done. Over. Huh. Or not. Right? Oh, we're running out of water. Are you kidding me? Have you seen... Ready for this? The city and county and state of, uh, of Los Angeles and California are so concerned with water that what they've done is they've lined a river, a natural river. I mean, check this out. You wouldn't believe it. A natural river with concrete. It goes from from the valley, the high end, you know, the top end of the city of Los Angeles, out to the river and then the ocean. And it's concrete. Because we can go back to, this is third grade. We'll work together with this. Water absorbs through the ground, and it naturally has done this for generations. It usually finds the lowest place. And when it does, if the, if the soil is proper, it, it percolates in. It's called percolation. It percolates into the soil. Meanwhile, while it's doing that, it's kind of purifying, cleaning it up, becoming fresh, natural. Some minerals are being added on occasion, right? I mean, this is pretty good stuff. And it finds a place and becomes groundwater. Some of the largest groundwater supplies in the nation, not the top one or two, but it's in the top, maybe top 10, is Anaheim. I mean, you could drive a truck through some of these uh, underground caverns that have water percolating nearly 24-7 from the sprinkler runoff, from the rain runoff, from the natural runoff, and it's coming down through the rock uh, layers, all through the Anaheim, Orange County area. It's why they chose not to be part of the city of Los Angeles. You see, the city of Los Angeles is pretty interesting. Uh, did you know the city of Los Angeles is one of the largest uh, geographic? It's about 450 square miles. Why? And, and how do we have Northridge? And, and how do we have Chatsworth and certain other cities, right, that are part of, quote, the city of L.A., but really it's Reseda? Or Sherman Oaks. How, how do we get that? Well, it's very simple. The uh, In many cases, the city of Los Angeles locked up all the water rights. A gentleman by the name of Mulholland, about, eh, maybe 110, 20 years ago, brings in water and, and is now owned by the city of Los Angeles. The city of Los Angeles owns pieces of land, swaths of land, lakes, rivers, throughout the state of California. And are you ready for this? Even in other states like Arizona and Nevada. There are city employees that have never made it into the city of L.A. since they took their interview uh, and, and their physical exam or whatever, and done, and they're hired by, you live up in Bishop. And they work for the city. So what the city did is it locked up water rights. And then it went to these little cities and said, hey, did you want uh, water? I said, yeah, sure, thanks. They go, no, uh, 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 you got to be part of the city of L.A. So Silmar gives it up. Now, San Fernando, they were smart enough. They had their own water supply. They said, nope, we're thanks, we're good. So did Burbank and Glendale, a place called Santa Monica. They secured, they had their own money, power, ability to lock up their own water supply. The ones that didn't, that were, you know, had a house few and far between, a farm few and far between, 
And because the city of L.A. was generally run by quite ruthless people and it was just a, a kind of a, an area, basically today's downtown L.A., Alvera Street. But what they were able to lock up on this place called Hollywood and but Beverly Hills, oh, they had their own water, they had their own power. And so they locked up their own uh, utility services and forced other parts of these unknown, uh, you know, Topanga. Well, who's Topanga? I don't know. It's not part of the city. And they became part of the city of L.A. That's how the city of Los Angeles expanded and became so large. Now, there's other little factors, of course. But they're going to have to fix this. The mess that was created 110 years ago was a great little syndicate, almost organized crime-ish. It's a way to put together one of the most powerful places. Why do you think Department of Water and Power has shut down three instant electricity machines? In other words, if they started all three of those and it runs on natural gas, the cleanest burning gas probably, period. Oh, da, 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 put a filter on it. Oh, but you don't understand. Listen, come on, man. This is human beings. Did you want to save a species? Right? You're wrong on your numbers anyway, depending on who you listen to. Every hour, uh, 150 species. They make up numbers. It's all made up, just like my statistics on the American Heart Association and American Lung Association and everybody. They're, they're honorable, decent people, I'm sure. But they just pick a number and they round up and then they times it by and they square root and then they just round it up again. So if all of those funny businesses, self-absorbed, self-serving organizations exist. I know you're not going to like me. I'm sorry. Well, not really. I'm sorry you're not going to like me, but I'm not sorry for what I'm saying. Maybe that's clear. I think you have to ask yourself when the when the stuff come hits the fan or the chickens come home to roost, you can pick your own little metaphor. Who's going to end up paying for all this? Cuz we're going to have to bring water down one way or the other from places that have it going out to sea, billions of gallons per hour with a B. Billions of gallons. The Columbia River, you guys have heard me talk about the Columbia River. Ready for this? Two million gallons per second. Two million gallons per second. So let's do the math, right? 60 seconds, that's 120 million gallons per minute. 120 million gallons. So if you just had a pipeline, maybe it's a three-foot diameter pipeline, ran it, you know, listen, you paid you, you paid farmers. Listen, we're going to go underground about, I don't know, seven feet, call it whatever you want. And then we're going we're gonna to put stuff right on top of it, dirt, and you can go back to farming. And we're going to run through the middle of the street. Yep, we're going to dig a hole. We're going to run alongside the highway, and we're going to put it right back on top. And you have little portals, little little offshoots, right, little switches, and it takes a whole bunch of this water and puts it into a reservoir. Next, keep going. Like a little highway, a little freeway with little off-ramps. You can't tell me that Americans are not smart enough to figure this out. I would say they are. Because your retirement is not just going to be about the income. I'm going to give you strategies here in a minute to talk about the income. We can do that all day long. But the old adage is not how much you make, it's how much you keep can only be as true as the government decides to take on the other side. 
Uh, I mean, you get it? The government is taking out the backside through taxes. Uh, many of you come to my office. Hey, Arif, uh, there's an advertisement that says the government's coming after my money and they're going to confiscate and they're going to take. They don't have to. <clears throat> they just don't. They just raise taxes. So that's fine. Many of you think, oh, I have a million dollars in my IRA. No, you don't. Call it up and say, send me a check. See how much they actually send you. What, 400000 600000 maybe? You don't have a million. You have maybe five or 600000 Why? Because the state and the federal government has the rest. If you have a substantial amount of money that you're going to make and you want to make sure you're not in California, you deal with your CPA and say, what does it take for me to be sure that I am not a resident of California, that I'm a resident of my other home? What does that look like? I don't know. How many days do you have to be there? What does the scenario look like as far as, you've heard me talk about where home is where the heart is. Because all of these projects that I've gone over, specifically the big picture of the environment, right? Uh, the recycling program. Look at uh, John Stossel has done some great work on this stuff. He talks about the scam of recycling, the amount of energy and waste when people recycle. I think he might have done it. I may be off. I'd, I'd have to check. But I know there's around 500 years. Yeah. 500 years of landfill space in the United States. Yeah, I'm not saying that to, you know, let's throw your, your hamburger wrappers out the window. Of course not. But there's 500 years of landfill space. And how long have we been talking about, oh my gosh, you know, the world's going to be coming to an end when it, with oil. We don't have enough oil. And every time we turn around, there's a new, the Permian Basin, there's a new oil discovery. And yet the environmentalists come along the other side. And what do they do? They say, hey, don't worry. Here's our plan. We need to have people like Arif and others pay tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars if they want to build a building, they want to build a house. Oh, I'm sorry, Arif, you, you guys can't afford that? No problem. I guess we'll let the big corporations do it. So who becomes the recipient of these crazy environmental laws? Well, the people that can hire the attorneys. The people that can pay for the environmental survey and the detailed review of the. So there becomes this stratification where you have the really poor, you have some in the middle, and you have the mega wealthy. Look, if you're a conservative, you're just as upset about these big corporations making nothing but billions of dollars, the hundreds of billions of dollars that these large entities are making and the, and the men who are controlling our elections. Do you think there's a liberal or conservative bone in Jeff Bezos' body? Do you really think Mark Cuban has a passion or a concern of something that is deeper than the dollars? Right? If you say, hey, listen, this is the right thing to do and you convince them and you say, oh, by the way, that means you're going to have to either pay, give up, or not make a billion dollars. Do you think he's going to say, well, listen, man, my, my values are way more important than money. No, no, no. But they'll say that about you. Why? Because they make the gas prices go higher. And they say, oh, my values are more important than, well, well, my values are more, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so here's how it works. My values are more important than your money. So, Says Hollywood, my values, the way that I stand, it's more important than, than you being able to fill up your gas tank. 
So I need you guys to kind of think about this for a second. Somebody has to pay these bills. So how do we position your assets? How do we position your retirement accounts so that at the end of this story, you have less of an impact? Well, number one, if you're going to buy rental property, consider it outside of California. That's just a that's just a layperson on the outside saying, I think that's the only way they're going to be able to charge any taxes that will be uh, spread out amongst everybody. They're going to call it fair. Uh, that's the worst F word I have. Right? Uh, they're going to raise property taxes. So you have an apartment building. You have other buildings. If you're a renter, your impact in property taxes is going to be off the charts because it's the only thing you can't take out of the state. So consider buying rental property in other states, other areas. Secondarily, think about Roth IRAs. Converting some of your money, your retirement accounts, your traditional IRAs into a Roth, R-O-T-H, could make a huge difference when it comes to minimizing the amount of dollars that are coming out of your account and going to the federal or state government. So the Roth IRA, R-O-T-H. Remember, it was just the name of a senator. It's, it's, there's nothing special. It's not an acronym that means, you know, retirement of the money for the people. No, no, it's just a Roth. Senator Roth came up with this idea or at least sponsored it. And Congress passed it and named it after him. Pretty nice idea, okay? The Roth IRA. Consider moving some of your money to it. Now, it means it's taxable today. That's what a Roth is. It's taxable right now. So you have to pay income tax on the dollars, or at least it's subject to tax. You and your CPA would sit down and say how much, how little, where, how, all of that kind of stuff. That's one thing you would do. But on the other side of it, when you say, I'm going to be taking money out at a later time, it's not a taxable event. Because remember, the reason that Social Security is taxable, it's a formula based on taxable income. Meaning when you have taxable income, now Social Security is a taxable event. When you don't have taxable income or it's very low, then they may tax very little or none of your Social Security. So you need to ask yourself, what is it that you are working on in your financial life? Not just to make things better today. All of us can do that. That's nice. I'm going to eat out. I'm not going to eat out. I'm going to cut a coupon, right? I'm going to drive less. I'm going to go across the street and save three cents a gallon on gas. There's a lot of things you can do right this minute to save a little bit of money. But what are you doing right now to save a bit more and more in the future? Because everything from healthcare to gas prices, right? We all know, listen, if you're listening, you have a clue more so than this president he has no idea what's happening. Now, he knows he's running the country into this into this ground, but he doesn't have any sense of the, the man on the street, right? If you complain, he yells at you because that's what old people with dementia do. They just, they just get angry. Instead of trying to confront you or use facts, which is very difficult for liberals these days, I want you to know that. Progressives and liberals, the reason they call you a name, like you could almost hit a stopwatch. Yeah, but the reason the abortion debate and you bring up your, your opinion on abortion and then they start getting mad and, and, and they yell at you instead of saying, well, listen, here's what science says or here's where the baby is or this is what it isn't. Or these are the facts. These are the real numbers. These are the statistics. 
right? The left doesn't do that. They don't do it about climate change. They don't do it about water. So you're going to have to get yourself elected to these school boards, to the water boards. I know some of you thought retirement was going to be sitting in a rocking chair or playing 18 holes of golf every day. Maybe. But you need to volunteer, especially if you're somebody who's got an avocation in your life that centers around some of these issues. Countering some of the, the my, my friends on the environmental. It's funny how, how many of them just parrot back what they learned in their you know college class of ecology or something. And then the moment I just pull up and I say, here's what is being reported going back for 10 or 15 years about how many species disappear. And I said, do you realize they've been saying this for so long, if you do the math, we would have less than half of the species. Well, yes, we have less than half the species. Well, you understand going forward, before you are retired, we'll have no species left. Oh, well, I'm sure things will change. What do you mean you're sure? Because you say it, it's supposed to be? So guys, I want you to, to get involved and be educated, right? Research. And don't just take the first page of Google or the first page of Bing or Yahoo. Get in there and research. Because some of you financially have done it. You hit all of the dreams, the wishes. You sold your property at the right time. You, you saved at the right time. You got out of the market at the right time. You did all the right things on that side. But you're young. You're in your 60s or 70s. You're vibrant. You have 8, 10, 20 years left of, I don't want to say hard labor, but physical, uh, you know, and physical labor. But I want you to be involved, right? The no-go years, the times when you sit at home and people come to you, that should be pushed later and later, mid-80s, late-80s, beyond. But prior to that, from the time you retire to, let's say, your mid or early 80s, I think you should be involved. You should be out. You should be making a difference. Getting involved in the school board. Getting involved in city council. Go to the city council meetings. See where the weaknesses are. See where the problems are. Because they exist. There are folks out there who are elected because they either look good or they know somebody's name, you know, family member, they have a last name. There's people out there that pretend and walk and talk like they know what they're doing. But I promise you, when you take a look at Congress, and that congressman from the South, who's a high-ranking, elected over and over again. And he's interviewing our, our, one of our admirals. You guys remember this? Interviewing our admiral. And he talks about, uh, we don't want too many people on Guam. right? We don't want to move too many uh, uh, operations, ships and, and personnel. Because here's why. Uh, he thinks that there's going to be um, a, a sinking. Remember that? Uh, let me pull it up here, guys. I know it's going to take me just a second. Uh, oh, here it is. Georgia congressman fears additional residents could cause Guam to topple. April 2nd, 2010. Can you imagine for a minute Hank Johnson... Uh, wait, sit down. He's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. Yeah, I'm sorry. Reported CNN April 2nd. April 1st, uh, apparently, is when he actually said this, according to CBS News. And the person is a congressman. 
the marine buildup in Guam. It could uh, could there be uh, you know a time for it to topple? Would there be a concern? And I happen to know somebody who's close friends with this admiral, and I think he's out. I, I think I can share this. Let me make sure. Yeah, he's he's not in the military anymore. The admiral said he had to bite his lip and his tongue. And if you look at the zoom, you could see him manipulating his, his mouth and his lips because he was worried he was going to laugh and disrespect the congressman. That's the American military for you. That's the professional, not the political. Respectful, decent people. What did he do? He simple. He said, listen, I just can't disrespect this man in this congressional meeting. So I'm asking you to get involved because otherwise we end up with people like Hank Johnson who thinks that if you add 8,000 new military members to the island of Guam, there could be an issue where it might topple. Is that, is that not shocking to some of you? I know you're upset, you laugh, and guess what you do? Go back to your thing. I just want you guys to be involved. I need you to get out there. I need you to make a difference. Because somebody has to, and I'm counting on you. Your kids are counting on you. This is a, 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 a big concern because part of what I want you to do is to focus that you and your family will be in a place where you're making a difference and it lasts for generations. Ask yourself this. If I can move some of my money to a Roth IRA, if I can move some of my money to tax-free accounts, and you can, does that make your life better? Yeah, it does. Less taxes later, wonderful. Then how do we get involved and make a difference? It could be small, church and charity. Remember World War II, there were still men, men of fighting age in the United States. They were farmers, they worked in factories, they were lawyers, they were police officers, they were firefighters. They were still serving their nation in the middle of war right here on our soil. So please be involved. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm Eric Hallaby, The Total Financial Hour. Stay tuned. Your letters, your emails up next on AM870, The Answer. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halabi. Total financial hour, second hour of our show. This is uh, this is from your requests. Your ability, your uh, your uh, attendance, really, and participation in our show. I appreciate it. Uh, that's why we have our second hour. It makes it a very interesting and exciting thing because I answer your your questions. Uh, and it's often, in many cases, as some of you I meet with during the week, 
And so you've written emails and you said, hey, Arif, here's what I'd like you to talk about. And so I say, hey, put it in an email format. So you do that. It's nice. You give me a chance to kind of answer these questions. Uh, some of you send emails from all over the place. And I kind of give you an idea. And this is the purpose of it. The purpose is not to say, and the guy on the radio who's never met me gave me exactly what to do. No, you have to sit down with your financial professional. But these are the ideas, the concepts, the ways to really sit down and to understand something very important. One, that you have choices and options. That's very important. And two, there are things that you can do that make a difference in your financial life if you do them sooner rather than later. In other words, the longer you wait, the greater of a problem you may have. So please pay attention because here are some pretty important parts, I think, that you don't even know exist. And one of those is in your retirement world, you're going to have options or places that you can save money. In your retirement world, you're going to have places that you can actually get in and make a difference when it comes to, uh, you know, kind of building a financial plan for yourself. Right, So th this makes a difference. I just want you to be care uh, careful and clear on this. Okay, so let's start with this. Uh, I think I mentioned to you guys a little bit that over time, we seem to have this huge increase, and I think it's part of the baby boomer generation. Remember, in the baby boomer world, you guys were 72, 75 million people, and you didn't have enough kids to replace yourself. You only had about 24 million children. How do you know this? Well, take a look. How many of you are baby boomers and never were married or never had children? How many of you had one child or two? Right? You were a stay-at-home mom, rarely. Most of the time, you were a working mom or a dad and dad. And you had one child because, well, you wanted to pay for them to go to the best college, so you only had one. Or you had a boy and a girl, and that's it. You stopped. We had one of each like a matching set, right? You got the, the handbag and the shoes. We got it all. So that's what they did. They had two children, boy and a girl, or they created an opportunity to say, listen, I am a career woman. Many of our clients are career women. And, and look, by the way, guys, nothing wrong with any of this. This is There's no moral issue here. There's no uh, ethical issue. There's no legal issue. There's no financial issue. These are choices that God gave you to make. Not anybody else. So there's not a right or a wrong answer. This is you and your family making these choices, all right? Very important. Next, I want you to understand something very clearly. Many of our clients, you are going to be in a position to where you think, because that's what Warren Buffett thought, that's what all of us thought, is that men die first. But not always. Sometimes women die first. And we're seeing that more and more. I don't know if that's a medical issue or, or, or why it's happening. I'm not really clear on that. But I do know that over time, we're seeing this greater amount of people where single men are widows or widowers, I guess. That's the right term. And as a widower, you didn't build your financial life that way, the way you took your pension. Because remember, when you have a pension option, and this is very important for those of you that are coming up on uh, making a decision on what type of income to receive with your pension. Let's say the number is $4,000 a month. And that's as long as you live and your beneficiary, your spouse receives nothing. Or 
it's $3,700 a month, and your spouse would receive half of $37, for example. Or it would be $3,200 a month, and your spouse would receive $3,200 a month. In other words, it's the same number for you or her or him as long as either of you live. Now, that matters if you both are about the same age. But where it really makes a difference is if one of you is a lot younger than the other. Right? Uh, 10, 12, 8 years. One of you is not so healthy. One of you is very healthy. I want you to take the 100% option. But if one of you, the, the person receiving the pension, is in great health, and you say, we really only need 3200 a month, but they're offering me, if I just take it for my life, 4200 let's just say. Okay, there's an extra $1,000 a month. Now, remember, you're in great health. I would go and buy a life insurance policy with that extra $1,000. Because when you pass away, that life insurance policy is a tax-free event for your spouse. And if you still live, that life insurance could be used for your own long-term care. So in other words, if, if she passes first, we'll, we'll do the traditional man is, uh, is older than the woman. So there are options to use the higher pension amount. But if you're not, if you don't have a plan in place and you're not sure and you're like, we're just standard, you know, husband and wife work and, and uh, she stayed home most of the time, her social security is lower and on and on. You might turn around and say, I'm just going to take the hundred percent option. Yes, it's a little lower, but at least we know that no matter what, Whoever passes away first, we're going to continue to have the same income come in for the rest of our life. I like that as a choice. It's kind of a simple, easy, you know, a default option. And now if, and this is another option, I'm going to get to the, the questions here or the email in just a second. If somebody is in a position where both of you have a pension, now I've heard of that happening a lot. Husband and wife, both of them have pensions. And you both might say, we're each going to take the higher of the two, meaning I get 100% of mine, she gets nothing. She gets 100% of hers, and I get nothing. Which means when both of you are alive, you have a really high income. I like that option. Here's why. Because you can uh, spread out the income tax-wise uh, through, you ready for this? Married filing jointly. If you're married filing jointly on your taxes, check with your CPA and ask them. Do I pay less in taxes than if I am single, filing single? And the answer is yes. So when somebody passes away, one of our big concerns is the tax bracket that you're going to be in. Because last year, you made 100000 a year, but you were married filing jointly. No problem. This year, you make even 80000 a year, but now you're single. Surprise, you pay more income tax than you did last year, even though you earned a lot less money. So be careful and look at the, 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 the problem, the, the puzzle, from many different angles. Solve this puzzle, not just from one dimension. I want to make a lot of money. Well, that's fine, but I want you to keep a lot of money. I want to have a great life. Fine, but I want you to have a great life, healthy, great life. Right? So there's more than just one kind of angle to the story. There's a few little pieces and parts we've got to adjust. All right, here's my first email for the day. Dear Arif, I'm 62 years old. I'm a 62-year-old widow with two adult children. Both of them live far enough away from me that I don't see them too often. And they will not be close enough, unless I move, to care for me in the future. 
I'm in good health now, but my big concern in the future is my potential need for long-term care. I have never purchased long-term care insurance. I always thought it was too expensive. Today, I have a total of about $750,000 saved. Some of it is a retirement account that I inherited from my husband, and the rest is from his life insurance. Without his life insurance policy, I wouldn't know what to do. His pension and Social Security are nearly enough each month to live at about $5,000. That covers my living expenses and a little bit of extra. I may go back to work part-time. Okay, that's very important. Remember, guys, I've told you this in the past. I want you to have a purpose. You've heard me say this, I think. If you haven't, I'm going to say it again. One of the big box stores, I'm not going to tell you which one. Our client works there. She's in the front. She gets the grocery, you know, the, the shopping carts rather and, and greets you and says hello. She's a widow. She has $3 million with us. Okay, I don't care who you are. $3 million is a lot of money. That's great. Fantastic. Good job for her. For most Americans, that's never going to be the case. She has it. And why is she working at this store? greeting people. Well, the biggest issue at first was, this is going back many years, it was simple. She wanted to have something to do. She said, Eric, if I could actually be a part of, of people's day when they walk in, their very first person that they see at this store, and I will smile at them. And at first I thought, how cheesy, how cool, a eh, little corny. Okay, fine. And then I started talking to her and realizing that a big part of her life was making other people's lives better. Her children, her husband, well, her kids have gone off, very successful. Her, her, her husband's passed away. And listen, all of us will sit in a room, especially a dark room, and cry when a loved one is gone. And I don't mean just for, you know, 10 minutes. I mean, this could be weeks and months that we are very sad. So what she chose to do was to get up and make other people happier. And that is what made her happy. So she would greet people. She'd be the first one they would smile. She said, if I could get a smile out of them, that was my goal. Hi, good morning. Welcome to... And she'd smile. Would you like a cart? Well, yeah, thanks. Have a great day. She got in trouble, though. I know. I know you're going to wonder, sweet lady, how did she get in trouble? Very simple. Today, it's a little bit different. But back then, the company she worked for did not require direct deposit. So they would give her a check. And when they gave her a check, she just didn't cash it because it was so so little she didn't need it. She had uh, income from rental property. She had social security. She had a small pension from her husband. She had more than enough money to live. No bills to speak of. And one day, HR comes. It was probably two or three months in. And she says, I get a call. Come into the manager's office. So she goes into the manager's office. She's thinking, what did I do wrong? And they said, well, look, so... Uh, you haven't cashed the paychecks that we've given you and human resources is getting a little concerned because it's messing up their balance sheet. Payroll has called twice. So you're going to have to go on direct deposit. She said, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'll fix that. You guys, can, can you remember when I used to drive in on my day off to pick up my check from the police department? It was all, of course, before direct deposit again. Right? I, I mean, we needed the money. It was part of our life. It, it that's how close many of us were living. That's what you do when you're young. That's how you learn to manage. It's, it's tough. Many of us want to fix that part of our children's lives. We want to make it a little bit easier, a little bit softer. 
I caution you, don't go too far. They have to struggle. They have to make choices. They have to have consequences. I hate all of this, guys. I'm My wife is the firm one. She's like, yes, that's what we got to do. I'm like, okay, no, yeah, you're right, honey. We are tough. Hey, sweetie, here's $100. Right? <laughs> Sometimes women, you're the... You're the softy that, right? Stereotypically speaking. Well, not in my life. I love to take care of my children and the people I love. Right? That's what we do. But you have to be careful because if you remember back then, that's how the paychecks worked. Today it's direct deposit, so it's a lot easier. But how she made a difference in those lives of people. All right? So this lady's name is Stacy. Stacy, I want to tell you, I encourage you to find something to do. I know you said you might get a part-time job. Take something. Just so you're out of the house, you stay busy. It didn't say, you didn't say when you became a widow. I don't know that, but um, it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't ever get easier. Just gets easier to deal with. I may go back to work part-time. Continuing with her email, but that would make me only about $2,000 a month. Do you think the money I have saved is enough to both care for me financially in the future as well as the possibility of health care and long-term care needs. Well, okay, Stacy. the answer is yes, we can do that. And here's how we can do it. Uh, I want you to think about two things. You heard me just mention life insurance a minute ago. In the life insurance world, there are hybrid policies today. Now, what does that mean? Hybrid, it's almost like a marketing term, right? Or we have a, a hybrid policy with the free and the tax... Okay, look, it's a life insurance policy. It's a chassis of life insurance. And it's a permanent plan, a cash value plan. The problem is, in the life insurance world, life insurance agents, and we're one of them, we are paid based on the amount of life insurance that you get, not how much you pay into the policy. So in other words, if you have a $100,000 policy, I am paid less than if I have, if you're in a $250,000 policy, even if you're still spending $100 a month, for example. Okay, so often in life insurance world, guys will push you into the higher policies, but what it also does is it could cause the life insurance policy at a later time to collapse or to have financial trouble. We've seen this many times. I see it weekly, even today. So you want a type of life insurance policy, Stacy, that gives you a, kind of a, a guarantee that usually we go to age 120 which means you have to push the death benefit down a little bit. But here's the benefits. You ready for this? Stacy, I would take about $150,000. I'd put it aside and we would buy about 250000 in life insurance and in long-term care. That means, yes, you're going to have to go through a medical exam. You're, you said you're in pretty good health, so I think you might qualify, but we're going to have to check. You know, we let the paramedic... Uh, medical exam. We let them figure it out. But we put in that flat amount. You put it in once. That's it. It buys about 250000 for life insurance. Okay, we don't really need it. At least it doesn't sound like it in your email. But guess what we get to also do with it? While you're alive, we can use that money, the 250000 ready for this number, my favorite, tax-free for your long-term care needs. I like that. Because we can now put one foot in each world. We can say, listen, it's a hybrid. If I live too long and I need it for medical issues, well, great, I'm right here. But if I pass early, well, then at least I didn't waste my 150000 
dollars, it went directly to my beneficiaries and tax-free to them as well. Now, guys, l- let me tell you, there's a lot of different options. This is just one that I think might work for Stacy. But think about this. She may need law- income needs later on down in life. I'm going to encourage you, Stacy, if you could make 1500 to $2,000 a month just for the next five or six years, you don't have to make it forever, but just five or six years, where I don't need to tap into your retirement account for anything other than a nice vacation or you want to buy a nice car or something. Because I would put 150000 dedicated for long-term care and life insurance. That buys about 250000 in life insurance. But here's the other part. Stacy, of your $750,000, we've moved over one hundred and fifty. That leaves me six hundred. I would take of that six hundred about $300,000. I'd put that in a fixed indexed annuity. You guys know that's my specialty, so that's what I do, right? I'm not going to try to buy the latest Bitcoin or let's buy a piece of property in Florida and flip it in two years. And No, no, no. We want safety. We want guarantees. We want security. So we put 300000 in a fixed indexed annuity. If I have five or six years to let that grow, plus a bonus, because they're giving bonuses now, which is a matching. You put in money, they put in money. If the bonus is 10%, for example, if you put in three hundred, they'll put in 30000 If the bonus is 5%, well, they'll put in 15000 They'll put in 60000 depending on whatever the bonus is, right? And it matches, and that becomes your new floor. That's, that's your new dollar figure. Well, Stacy, check this out. This is kind of fun. I did some math at just a basic income strategy, nothing too exciting. And I had it go for eight years. I know it's a little longer than the five, but I wanted you to get to age 70. So if I can get you to age 70 in eight years, that 300,000 would give you more than the $2,000 a month in what you're making working part-time. It'd be between two and 3,000 a month. So now I have between two and 3,000 a month Guaranteed for the rest of your life, just for living. You're 70 years old. You want to travel more? You want to do something more? Wonderful. But between Social Security and his pension, that's 5000 I think you can live a wonderful life, nearly $100,000 a year. Stacy, it gives you a great chance to have the second half of your life, I hope, honoring to your husband, enjoying your children and grandchildren, spending time wherever it is that you like to spend time, right? I understand, look, a lot of our young people had to move out of California because they couldn't afford it here. It's difficult. Some of you have a home that's paid off. In Stacy's case, her home is also paid off. So I understand, look, if you can stay here, you have a lower property tax base, although you know that the storm is coming, folks. I'm telling you, they can call it Prop 13. They can call it Mickey Mouse. I don't care what they call it. They're going to end up charging you more money for your property sooner or later. That's the only way California is going to get out of its mess. But for the time being, enjoy the weather. Stay away from traffic. Learn when to to go to the store and not go to the store. Avoid the crime-ridden areas because the the state has to fix its problem. It's not going to do that for a while. But Stacy, what does that leave you? If I have 150000 off to the side, another 300000 off to the side, right? Each of them have a different job. What's the job? The job of the 150000 long-term care, health, income needs later. The job of the 300000 give me six, seven, eight years. I'd love it if I could get to eight years. That 300000 gets me 
to age 70, where you're at age 70. That gives you an income stream somewhere in the neighborhood of about 20, 25,000 a year, right? So let's say two, three, 4,000 a month, uh, 3,000 a month, somewhere in there. Why is that important? Because if we do the math, carry the one, take off your shoe, add it up, here's what it is. That gives you $300,000 sitting in your savings and checking for emergencies, for whatever you might need it for. Now, why does that make a big difference? Because that is your peace of mind. I need a new car. Got it. I need to fix the roof. No problem. I want to take a trip. There's a special. I can go on a cruise with my friend. No problem. That's peace of mind. Where would I put that 300000 Two different credit union accounts. I don't want you being in the stock market. You can choose to be if you want. But if your goal is to not lose money, then don't be in the stock market. You like to go to Vegas? Go to Vegas. You want to gamble at the casinos? Go do that. You want to go to the, the Indian tribe place? Right, go for it. But what we've done is created an opportunity for you to have your short-term needs. That's the 300 sitting in your savings account. Your monthly income, social security and pension, and working part-time achieves the goal of purpose and a little extra spending money. The $150,000, long-term care, medical issues later on down the road, bringing in assisted living, bringing somebody into the home so you don't have to go to a facility. Easy to do, much better. The $300,000 for the long-term income needs, that's when you're done working. That's when you say, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready to to settle down. I still like living on that extra money each month. I still want to do other things. Inflation has come. It's rearing its head. It's affecting me each month. I can't work my way out of inflation. No problem, Arif. I want to start the income. We can do it. Anytime after a year. I'd like it if I can get you to age 70. That would be better for you, better for the numbers, but it doesn't matter. We can start it in a year if we need to. Pretty important because now every dollar has a job. You see, instead of saying, fill out this pie chart graph with this uh, between one and five, let's question and add up your mathematical numbers and sit together and, okay, great. Uh, what is this again? Oh, it's a financial plan that makes you think I am smart. I go, well, look, financial guy, I already think you're smart. That's why I'm here. I don't need you to give me a three ring binder with a leather uh, set up and uh, well, maybe probably not necessarily need that. I just want you to do a couple of things. Ready for this? I just want you to keep me from losing my money. Is that hard? Because for most of you, not going backwards is all we need to do. We need to go forward. We can go forward, keep up with inflation, three, four, five percent on average, sometimes 10 or 12, sometimes zero. Right, We don't have to be in a position to, to lose just to, to break even. Some of you do that. But we don't have to. I love it, Stacy. All right, guys, stay with me. I have a, another one. This is a husband and wife. Pretty interesting, uh, actually, because I've not seen uh, something like this for many, many weeks. So it's nice that you send out a message. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. 888-99-RETIRE. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategies. 
financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm going to give you the email address. It's arif at tfswealth.com. I'll give it to you in just a second again. I'm Arif Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour, our last half hour of the program. Your emails, that's what we're reading. Solving some problems, giving you some real life examples of some solutions because Total Financial Solutions and TFS Financial Insurance Services, they make this possible. That's our firm. Just hit 26 years. Can you believe that? 26 years. I always look back in June of 1996 and I thought, I'm going I'm to work in the financial world for a little while. You know why? Because I think I can make a difference. Pretty corny. Most of you know, spent 10 years, well, 10 years, seven months and three days as a Los Angeles policeman. Car accident comes, multiple back and knee surgeries. I ended up uh, over time, well, the first back surgery was the problem. Uh, and so I needed two others to fix it. That's why I ended up retiring. They said, sorry, you can't be a policeman anymore. After all these surgeries, I taught at the police academy, ran, I used to teach uh, PT, which was a lot of fun, uh, riding up hills and all of that. Well, sorry, you can't do that. Well, what about the, nope, sorry, you can't wear the, the Sam Brown, which is the belt. I remember doing, uh, sitting on a, standing on a scale, 33 pounds between the bulletproof vest, the big boots that we'd wear, the, the extra bullets, handcuffs, all that, about 33 pounds. They said, you can't have that weight on your, on your back, your low back anymore. So ultimately, I had to retire. Well, during that time of rehab and on and on, because it doesn't happen overnight, multiple surgeries, there's time in between, I got scammed. And these son of a guns took not a little bit of my money, but they took a lot of my money. And I had to go back, if you will, to school, both uh, metaphorically speaking and uh, physically. And I said, I better figure out why I got scammed. I'm the smart guy in the story. Right? I carried a gun just by definition as a policeman. By the way, I don't know if you know that, but they all carry guns. And I was smart. I'd been an investor and a trader investing in the market since I was 18 and a half years old. And I got ripped off. Not one, but three different scams. So I had to start over. And I thought, I mean, listen, first of all, some of you lost a lot in whether it be real estate or Bitcoin or, or the market, whatever it might be. Uh, I, I think some of that's coming back. I, I think if you're in it a long enough for the long haul, it's just what do you need it for? What's the purpose? Well, in my case, you know, I'm in my late 20s, early 30s going, this is my life. I'm crippled, if you will. I'm in a walker. I'm crawling around the house. I couldn't be somebody that, that could throw a ball or play catch with my kids. And oh, by the way, your entire financial security is out the window. So I went back to school for a couple of years. It took a couple of years anyway. And I said, I better figure out this financial world. So I thought, I'm going to do this enough because if I'm smart enough to have been taken, right, I use air quotes around that, then there must be other people out there. So that was June of 1996. I went back, started in the financial world. In fact, my very first client is still a client. I like that. He's a relative also, so he has to be a client. And I thought to myself, I'm going to help one or two people a week. Maybe I can help them. Maybe I can keep them from getting into trouble. Well, surprise, 17 years of radio, almost 18 now, 17 and a half years of radio, 3,000 radio shows, 
26 years in the financial business, thousands of people we've helped over the years. And my firm is still a small enough firm to where when you come into the office, I am the one you talk to. I have a great team of people. We have seven, eight employees now, I guess. They're, they're, half of them are licensed or so. They're good people. They work hard. They handle my behind-the-scenes stuff. But when you come in, it isn't a room full of people and a boiler room or anything like that. It's me. If I can help you, it usually takes me about 15 minutes or so. Yes, I can help you or no, I can't. I've been running kind of a, a little informal survey off to the side when, when folks come into the office. And I'll, and I'll do a little like a chicken scratch thing. About once a week, and we've been doing this now for about four months now, just, just under four months. Once a week, somebody comes in and I tell them, you don't, there's nothing we can do. I like your accounts. They go, but what about this? I said, no, no. For what you need and the job of this money, for the purpose you've told me, for the place that it is, I like it. But what about this? Well, it, that's some of the trade-offs that you get with that account. Eric, I'm not making that much money. I know, but you said you're going to need it for a cruise next year. So it needs to sit over there. That's a great place. So it's about once a week that I can't help you. That's, that's the way it goes, right? Sometimes everybody tries to squeeze everybody, uh, you know, round peg into a square hole or square peg into a round hole, as they say. Well, that's not the way it is. Sometimes I just say, you're right where you want to be. There's nothing I can do for you. So I want you to know that. It'll take me 15, 20 minutes. Yes, I can help you. No, I can't. If I can, I'll give you two or three or four solutions. You can think about it. You can go home. You don't write me a check. We are paid by the companies, right? We're brokers. We have a commission schedule, just like if you buy a bottle of water. I don't go to the liquor store, buy a bottle of water for $2 and say, here's 50 cents for you, sir, so that you have a wage this hour. I know that built into that bottle of water pays his electric bill, pays his employees, pays himself, pays the taxes, and on and on. When you walk into a bank, you're not saying, hi, Mr. Bank Manager, here's $2. Hi, hi, Mrs. Teller, here's $3. Security Guard, here's $2. You don't do that. right? You just go in, you make a deposit, you know they're going to pay you this interest rate, and then add on top of that, and that's what they're going to charge me and him and her to borrow the money. Because a bank's job is to make more money than they pay you. Insurance companies do the same thing. Insurance companies work off of a profit margin like any in industry, right? It's one of the, the insurance companies are the ones we love to hate. Well, this time you can be on their side and actually make money from them. That's what I like. I like the ability to pull funds, right? To, to get paid interest in my accounts from them. So that's for you. There's multiple companies out there. We work with, I don't know, probably 30 companies. Six or eight of them at any one time have good products that I like to use for certain jobs. Some companies are better at, at some accounts, right? Short term. Some companies are better at long term. Some are better here. Some are better there. So what's the job of the money? Never, ever forget. There's about four or five principles. That's one of them. What's the job? What's the purpose of the money? If you go to a stock bond mutual fund guy and their only job is risk, that means the only way they get paid is if your money is at risk of losing. And they'll use big words and fancy words and they'll create things and, and uh, don't worry, everybody loses money or don't worry, the money, it's coming back and hey, it's really not your money. 
right? They get in this whole thing, and at the end you say, I got it, I got it. Okay, so let me be clear on this. So what I put in the market, if I go into the cash money market savings, right, the, the no risk, can I lose? No. Do you guys charge me a fee? No. So when the market started going down, why didn't you move all of my money from risk? Because you know, this is my life savings. I'm retiring soon. I'm older. I'm sick. I'm, I'm hurt. Why, can't you move? why didn't you say, hey, I'm going to take half of it? You didn't have to take all of it. What about half? Because you realize that their paycheck is cut in half. I'm not saying that's the motivation for every person. There's decent people in every industry. I have friends in, that are decent in that industry, right? I speak to them regularly. I'm just saying that you have to understand the motivation behind everybody. And if the motivation works for you, great. I know when I put gas in my car, the motivation of the gas station is to make money. Fine, I get it. I'm putting gas. I receive something, I pay for something. When you're paying for something in the financial world, whether it's insurance, investments, annuities, stock, bond, whatever it is, when you're paying for something, what are you receiving in return? That's the question to ask. Not everybody is right for everybody. Sometimes people come into my office and we're not a right fit. I'm okay with that. I, I wouldn't expect to have every personality and every human being and every situation be a right fit for me. That I, I prefer to be an expert, specialist, if you will, in a few things rather than be the jack of all trade. So what is my expertise? It's not losing your money. It's getting reasonable, reliable retirement income. It's making sure that if the market goes down, uh, when the market went down, our clients did not lose a penny. You ready for this? We did the math on it recently to look and see. The clients, the, the people that became new clients just in the last two years, that's it, just in the last two years. I went back, we did the math, and we found out how much they would have lost today if they did not move their money with us. Are you sitting down? Yeah. $12 million. $12 million our clients would have lost if they, were, if they stayed where they were instead of moving to us. Now, that's a lot of people. It's, I don't know, maybe 300 people or so. But realize, this is their money now, not, not Wall Street or some broker or some Chinese conglomerate. So that's what we do. All right, if I can help you, it'd be my honor, you guys. Triple eight. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. That's our phone number. See if I can help you. Okay. Here's our next email. Dear Arif, my wife and I are both in our late sixties and we have just retired. We sold two of our rental properties just in time to make about seven hundred thousand dollars. That's cool. My retirement account from the company has about six hundred thousand dollars. Great job. Mostly, it's in the stock market, but I moved it to the money market account about two months ago. We also have about $150,000 in savings, $100,000 in a Roth under my name, under his name, and my wife has another $50,000 in a Roth under her name. Our income is as follows. My Social Security is 3200 a month. My wife has a social security check of 1000 and a pension of 500. Okay, real quick guys, 
I'm going to go over that one more time with you, but I need you to pay attention. Okay, this is... All right, let's take a look because Joe, this is a big deal. It's Joseph and uh, Maria. Okay, Maria. Maria, you have social security of $1,000 a month. Now, you're eligible as a spouse to get about half of his. So I want you to go back to social security office. You may have started yours before he did. I don't know that. But make sure you go back to social security office. Tell them. You bring your marriage certificate, your your ID, social security card, the typical stuff. And you tell them, hey, listen, I am married to Joe. His social security is 3200 because you should be receiving right around $1,500, $1,600 a month. It's about half. And they, they might discount it because, uh, Maria, you have a pension of $500. So they might discount it, discount it a little bit. But just kind of a rough glance on the numbers. I'm guessing you might have a few more hundred dollars a month coming your way. So, so go in and ask them for a lot of you that retire and the lower of the two social security checks, you start that. Don't forget to go in when your spouse retires and uh, tell them it all depends on your age. I mean, there's some other factors, but uh, tell them, Hey, my spouse is now retiring. He's activating his social security check. I'd like to see if I get a spousal increase. There's a bit of a bump. Sometimes they give you. Okay, so here's what we have. Their income total is $4,200 plus five, $4,700 a month. His social security, $32. Hers, $1,000. Her pension, $500. Okay, so that is $4,700 a month. Nice job. Here's as we continue with their email. We need about $8,000 a month to live on the way we want to during our retirement years. We want to make sure we don't pay more in taxes than we have to. And we also want to be able to have access to big chunks of money. They didn't say chunks, but they said large sums of money as they need it. I get it. I got what you're trying to do here, guys. All right. Is that something you think we can achieve? Yes, it is. And here's how I would do it. Remember, they're in their late 60s. They've just retired. They sold two rental properties last year, it sounds like. That means that 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 money is post-tax. Most of the time... When you sell your rental properties, your CPA says, put this money off to the side, you know, 50000 100 this is what you're going to have to pay in taxes. Sometimes they'll take the state or the federal right away, so they'll kind of preempt it so it goes directly into the state or federal without you, you know, having to send it in later. But I'm going to assume that they're going to net 700000 because it sounds like they've done it properly and that's what they have left over. That means that 700000 is not taxed. Guys, I never want it to be taxed again. All right, that's important. If it's already tax-free because it's done paying its taxes, don't pay more taxes on it if you don't have to. Retirement account is 600000 Now, why is that an important number? Because most likely in the $600,000 number, he's going to have to pay taxes on whatever he pulls out of that account. All right, here's what we do. I love this part. I'm going to use some of the post-tax money, the 700000 and I would put about $150,000 each. Actually, it's very similar. I didn't even realize it's very similar to what we did with the lady before. Because I write out some of my solutions uh, ahead of time so that it's clear for me for organization and, and time's sake. Think of this. We did $150,000 each in each one of their accounts. That's $300,000 of the seven hundred. dollars In each cases, they're going to have about a quarter of a million tax-free. 
later on for long-term care if they need it, as a death benefit for the surviving spouse. So that's 300000 I would do that. Here's the pros of that. We never go backwards with the market, but there is a cost. Remember, in any kind of life insurance, there's a cost. I'd like to make up enough interest each and every year to pay the cost. Usually we do. There's a way to do that. I mean, we can make that happen. Some years they don't. The cons on that are very simple. The cost can eat up some of the life insurance policy. So remember what I said? How do we build these things? We build them where we squish down the death benefit. In other words, we're not buying, uh, putting in 150000 and buying $5 million in life insurance. Great. We might be able to do that for a few years and then it eats up all the 150000 and gone. Remember, the agent, the broker is paid based on the amount of life insurance you buy. So just make sure they're doing it for your benefit and not his or her benefit. So I would say, squish down the death, the death benefit, the life insurance, which is the function of a cost. Make sure it's appropriate. Here's the next thing. I would take the traditional IRA, that's 600000 and I would put nearly all of that for the long term. Its job is to go set aside, sit into an account, not touch it for as long as we can. Remember, if they need $8,000 a month, where are we going to come up with that money? So here's where, where what we do may be a little bit different than maybe others, okay? I'd meet with your CPA guys because Joe and Mary, you guys should have, if you don't already, a CPA or a tax preparer. We can meet on phone calls or Zoom. It doesn't matter however we meet, but we do need to meet with them. And I'd say, all right, guys, here's what we're trying to achieve. We all work together. We say they have an $8,000 need for income. Here's where their other sources of income are coming from. How much can I take out from their traditional IRA each and every year that keeps them just below the next tax bracket? That's a big deal because... Joe and Mary also have 150000 is that right? 150000 in Roth? So you can take money from the Roth IRAs. In other words, live on eight or $9,000 a month, but pay taxes as if you're making six or 7000 a month. How do you do that? Well, because the difference is going to come from tax-free withdrawals. That's the Roth. So you guys have to ask yourself, why is my financial professional not meeting with my tax preparer why are they not having a conversation of how much they can take out from each of these accounts? Because they have different strategies, right? Each account has a different purpose. It's taxed now or it's taxed later. So we can ladder these things. My point is for you guys, Joe and Maria, is you guys have more than enough to make it happen. I did the numbers. I, I kind of played with it a little bit. Can you make it happen? Yes, you can. Here's the challenge. Here's the risk in your in your current standard of living. $8,000 a month is a lot for what we have guaranteed because 4,700 a month coming in means we have to make up a lot of money. So that extra amount, the 3,300 or so a month, that's about 40,000 a year plus or minus, right? Where are we going to get that 40,000 a year? Well, my first inclination is, are you guys sure you need that much money? Is there a way to knock it down? Maybe a 500, I'd love it to be a thousand dollars less. No, Arif, ready? This is what you guys do, ready? (laughs) 
no, Arif, we've worked our whole life. I sacrificed for everybody else. The things that are all completely honest, truthful, no questions. And what the heck does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Nothing. I get it. You worked hard. I get it. You sacrificed. All of those are real. But one plus one is still two. So, I mean, if you say, Arif, I'm willing to live on this kind of money. I want 8000 a month. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this happen. And at 87, if you run out of money, folks, then you run out of money. If you're willing to say, you know, dang, the torpedoes go full speed ahead, then then I'm in it with you. That's fine. This is your money at the end of the story, not mine. But if you say, I want to make sure that my wife can live if I pass earlier or my husband can live if she passes earlier. Okay, well, great. Then here's what we do. We use the life insurance policy that buys us about a quarter of a million. That's a bit of a step up. So it gives us permission to spend a little bit more of our money and not have to worry about if somebody passes away. It gives us money for long-term care so it doesn't drain the family's assets in order to care for the unhealthy of the two. Because often the family's assets drain the unhealth of the, the, for the health care of the one and then that person dies and then the survivor is left with no money. So we need strategies. That's how I use the indexed universal life policies. That's how we use the life insurance policies to make sure that we're not going to have one person, the surviving of the two, whoever that might be. Good news, you're alive. Bad news, you're broke and has to have to sell everything. All right. So we want that. We want a solution for that. Here's the other part. Ready for this, guys? You've heard me mention that it's kind of the theme of our of our shows. And it's, I want you to go back to work or do something to have a purpose. Because when you are bored, all of us, me included, I'm at the front of this line. When you're bored, when you're sitting around, when you're not doing something, you spend money. It's become easier than ever. At two o'clock in the morning, you get on your phone, you get on the app of your favorite shopping, eBay or Amazon or whatever Craigslist, and you're buying something. And before your pet, your head hits the pillow, Stuff is on its way from some robot in a a warehouse on the other side of town. We have to realize that we can accumulate a lot of stuff. There's There's a high, there's an epinephrine, adrenaline high that we get. The psychological ability to buy something. We feel good. It's like Christmas. Remember when you were a kid at Christmas, you opened up a present, it was just so exciting. And then 18 minutes later, it was just a box sitting in a corner with the stuff in it. Remember that? Well, that's exactly what happens, except now you're an adult with $100,000. So I don't want you to be that person. You have to find another outlet to have that feeling, that freedom of knowing that you worked hard and there's a reward, of knowing that you bought something and there's a high and a feeling that comes with it. But also the logical part that says, I'm not going to run out of money for my spouse or for my own life. So guys, I want you to, to, to consider working part-time. I want you to consider maybe spending a little less money, right? We're going to do our best. I think we can, we can make it work, but we just don't have a lot of room for error. I'm just not always that comfortable kind of getting that close to the edge, but we can make it work. If I could back it off a little bit, I'd be a happy guy. If you could work a little bit, I'd be a happy guy because I know you're not going to spend money because you're working because you're getting a sense of purpose. And ready for this, more importantly, you need to have people in your life 
that absorb your time. Kids, grandkids, best friends, neighbors, nephews, somebody. Right? By having those people in your life that absorb your time, it will also kind of keep you young. Because if you're in your late 60s, what are we expecting? 25 years left on this earth? Maybe? A good 20, 25 healthy years for most people? So we can spend a lot of that money quickly. I just got to make sure we, we do it right. All right, so that's that's kind of part of our process, guys. A little bit of an analysis. I always reach out to your CPAs, your tax preparers. We try to see if there's room there, how much I can adjust. Knowing in the big picture that California is going to be having some big concerns later on and they're going to raise taxes, they have to. So how do we make it all work? Well, that's what Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial Insurance Services, that's what we're all about. You can reach out to TFS Financial, 888-99-RETIRE. That's me. I'm Eric Halliday. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.